Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. So I want to say a big welcome. Thank you for joining us again today. Today we're continuing our study on the book of Jonah and we're looking at experiencing God's mercy. It is Jonah we're using as a prototype. Jonah happens to be a very interesting figure. He happens to be one of the controversial figures that people used to say, oh, are you sure the Bible says, how can a fish have swallowed him and all of that. And we've been able to debunk all of that because we said even Jesus talked about Jonah. He talked about and he compared his resurrection being to that of Jonah, saying that just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be. So yes, we have said that Jesus even talked about Jonah, and so it's not a fable. But beyond that, we believe the Word of God. We believe that the truth of the Word of God is from everlasting to everlasting. And we're going to look at the life of Jonah, because here in this program, we want to look at not just the promises, we want to look at the principles and the patterns. And we said, if we look at the book of Jonah truly, we see that it is a book showing the mercy of God. When we started we discussed what mercy is we talked about um who shows mercy why we need mercy we also talked about who can give mercy we also began to look where we started about what is god's mercy the characteristics of god's mercy and how we can find ourselves to be people who would receive god's mercy we talked also about the fact that hearing and receiving god's word is an act of mercy we went on for that began to look at how god called jenna the commission of jenna the refusal of jenna for reasons best known to him we said that we refuse to be stubbornly you know inclined against god is an act of idolatry when we think we know more than what god wants us to do and we say sometimes we do that because we're afraid sometimes we do that because we don't even want to do anything new and but god is patient and god is able to show us mercy just the way he did to jonah we said that jonah was somebody who perhaps may have had savings for him to afford that fare all the way to touch that that was a one-year voyage he was ready to leave the town he was ready to do anything not to do what god had said we've looked severally at some of all these things as we continued over the weeks and last week what we started looking at was jonah being found in the sheep sleeping when there was trouble we looked at the importance of team members we looked at the importance of understanding and knowing all the team members what if the captain didn't know that there was a jonah you know he must have taken consideration it must have taken into consideration the fact that there was somebody who was missing i'm sure jonah must have been um, very noticeable considering the fact that he was actually a foreigner and the Bible says that he was found sleeping and he was called and the good thing we saw about Jonah there was he took responsibility for his actions he didn't try to blame it on he said no I'm the cause of all this that we are going through and then he was even ready to be thrown away he said that was a suicidal mission we don't want to we don't we don't want to say did Jonah do that right here was he so determined not to do what God wanted him to do that he was ready to die for it but he said God was merciful this sailor's tried all that they did before they eventually had to throw him overboard one of the things we said was there was a there's a time in our lives when we have to throw jonah overboard we say jonah does not have to be physical jonah sometimes could be a mental attitude jonah sometimes could be a, a spiritual attitude jonah sometimes could be a habit but if we are going to allow if, we, if the storm is going to stop some particular storms are not going to stop until we throw the jonah out of the boat if we're going to be in a storm of financial trouble sometimes Sometimes brought about by the Jonah of 
competition, by the journey of wanting to have at every time, every one of our desires, the ability, the ability not to wait at all. Guess what? We're going to have storms. And until we throw that attitude out of our boat, there will be no coming of the storms. We looked at Jonah last week and we began to look at the fact that Jonah prayed from the belly of the fish. And right there from the belly of the fish, we said that God heard. We said when it comes to prayer, the great thing about it is it does not have to be in a particular place, a particular time, a particular looking to a particular side or whatever of the earth that we can whisper. We can say it in our heart. We can we can just call out to God that he, the God that we serve is ready to hear us. Another thing we said last week was we looked at the content of the prayer briefly of Jonah. We said that his prayer was word-based. If you look at Jonah's prayer, you find out many extracts from the Psalms in Jonah's prayer. And I know that I've read several commentaries. There's some commentaries that begin to condemn the prayer that say, you know, just a lot of different things about Jonah. But I choose to look at this at a whole view. I'm looking at Jonah, not with a judgmental attitude, but looking at someone like him who was someone who experienced the mercy of God and seeing myself as someone for me to be able to experience the mercy of God. I should look at others with mercy and look at the good things that Jonah did because when we're studying the life of someone, we're not just going to look at all the wrongs that the person did alone. We're going to be able to acknowledge what were the good things this person did. What can we learn from them? And that was where we stopped last week, looking at the prayer of Jonah, looking at the fact that that prayer was word-based. We said our prayer should not just be emotional. We should not just go about with emotional prayers, crying, because the Bible says that the angels, they hearken to the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord. The angels are not going to go about and doing anything just because we are crying. No, 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 child of God. They will hearken to the word. We need the word to pray right. Hallelujah. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. We need the word to pray right. If we are going to pray right, we need the word. Our, our, our prayer should not just, because sometimes you listen to some prayers and you can tell that this person is not, this person is not grounded in the word. You need the word to pray right. Hallelujah. I tell you, because when we look at, when we look at the book of Ephesians, when we look at the, the, battle armor as it were of that Christian. What does the Bible say there about the word being, you know, a shield and the word being, you know, what does it say about the word and what does it say even about this word? We need the word for us to pray, right? We need the word. And we see Jonah using the word to pray. We're going to continue looking again, you know, in more depth at the prayer of Jonah. And that's what we're going to do today. So if we turn our Bibles again to the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter 2, Jonah is in the Old Testament. Yes, yes, yes. Jonah is in the Old Testament. And it's okay if you go to your index to find where Jonah is in the Old Testament. I'm going to turn my Bible at this particular moment to see what we have to say about Jonah. Hallelujah. So let's turn our Bibles there. I'm turning my Bible there to get to where we are. So going back to where we are. Jonah in the belly of the fish. I want us to look at the prayer again of Jonah because this prayer of Jonah, you know, the prayer of Jonah is like a thanksgiving psalm. A lot of people have uh, analyzed it and said that it's a thanksgiving psalm. And the thanksgiving psalms, as it were, actually have five elements. This was something I read as I was studying. Um, there's an introductory statement of an appreciation for past rescue, for the rescue. And we look at that when we see Jonah. Jonah was saying that, listen, out of the belly of the fish, I, I cried. He he was stating that to God. Let's turn our Bibles. Let's go there. I like to turn my Bible there so that I can see what we are saying. Uh, I'm turning my Bible and it is online because I'm using my laptop to turn my Bible. So yes, Jonah 
chapter 2. And it's interesting because it just has 10 verses. So let's go to Jonah chapter 2. And let's look at how that psalm is actually a psalm of thanksgiving. We see here in verse 1, I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, from inside the inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, uh, last week I know we talked about sometimes some of our prayers might not be with words. Our prayers could even be written prayers, whatever form of prayers, as long as we have directed our hearts to the Lord. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. And that was a description. You know, that's an introductory statement of the appreciation for rescue. Jonah said, listen, in my distress, God called me. And child of God, I don't know how many times that God has rescued us. But I want to say something. The more we remember, the more we are going to have faith to believe for more. Hallelujah. There was something I started doing last year, you know, starting a new job, coping with the challenges of a new job. And then I, I had someone who came to one of my programs and she talked about gratitude. You know, she talked about how her family every day found something to thank God for and they put it in a jar. She said that at the end of the year, they brought out the jar. And I told myself, wow, that's a great idea. I think I like to do that for work. And I started doing it for work. I've, I've done it almost like 90%. And at, at one point in time, I started getting lazy. I wasn't bringing out the notes to write. Then I said, well, rather than thinking, oh, I can't bring out the notes to write, why don't I begin to record it on my phone and that's what i said to you to make things easier so you don't have to follow a particular pattern go with the pattern that works for you bible says here that jonah acknowledged the fact that god rescued him so that's the priority of a time and then we see a description of the mystery you know rescue uh the mystery that the, the mystery that one is being rescued from and you see here when it says from deep in the realm of the dead i called for help and you listened to my cry you called me into the depths into the very heart of the seas and the current swelled about me i'm going to say something about that you know i'm going to say something about that but if we see here we find Jonah here he described you know the rescue and then he, he gives an indication for the rescue itself you know what happened to you and then there's a testimonial video to continue to show gratitude for what had happened and if you go through the word if you check the psalms that we have you see that there are several thanksgiving psalms many of the psalms were several thanksgiving psalms if you look at psalm 18 we look at psalm 21 psalm 30 psalm 32 psalm 34 if we look at psalm 40 psalm 66 psalm 92 psalm 103 and at least psalm 108 you know these psalms as it were are personal you know thanksgiving psalms and if we look at uh, there are six psalms actually in the word that are actually corporate psalms uh, i think if we look at psalm 64 we look at psalm 67 75 psalm 107 psalm 124 and psalm 126 they are all corporate thanksgiving psalms, and people are thanking god for what they are done and there are some parts there are some psalms in the bible that are actually not in the book of psalms a thanksgiving psalm we'll look at that in the prayer of anna first samuel chapter 2 verse 1 to 10 and if you look at Isaiah chapter 38 verse 9 to 20 we see that being as it were thanksgiving psalms if we look at the psalm here of jonah if we see jonah if we look at first 2 to verse 6a we see jonah here beginning to recount his situation from verse 6b to verse 9 we see jonah you know telling us about his rescue and jonah was grateful for the mercy of god that was something i wanted to talk about yes and that was the fact that jonah said you hauled me into the depth into the into the depths into the very hearts of the sea and that's having the right attitude because if you look at it you would think oh jonah or is it not the sailors that threw you overboard? No, Jonah saw that as God. You know, we, we, need, we need to begin to see the things around us as being allowed.
allowed by the Lord God Almighty. Because when we watch our lives in that way, it makes us accept things. It makes us work in the kind of dimension that will be easy. It will be easy for God to speak to us. Remember what Joseph said to his brothers when they eventually found him. When, he, when they eventually came to Egypt, he eventually disclosed himself. What did he say to them? He said, oh, it was God who sent me ahead of you to preserve posterity. It was not about your little plans as it were. It was not about your little jealousies and the fact that you, you, you thought that you didn't want my dreams to come true. And because of that, you sold me short. You wanted to kill me, but you sold me. He said, God sent me ahead. And child of God, that's an attitude we have to have. That is something we have to have so that we know that, you know, because sometimes we're like, oh, this thing has happened to me because of this person and that person. No, 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 child of God. Our lives are orchestrated by God. Yes, people could do different things, but if God does not allow it, it is not going to happen. Whatever comes to us lovingly has been allowed as it were. God is aware and he knows that we're able to do something. He knows that we're able to respond and we can choose to respond correctly. Hallelujah. Jonah said, listen, you were the one who held me into the sea. It's not about the sailors. It's not about that boss. It's not about, no, 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 no. Child of God, sometimes it is what God is doing to us. It is God chastising us, chastising us. Because you see, God here is trying to get Jonah to do what he wants Jonah to do. Hallelujah, child of God. And at the end of the day, we see Jonah in a place of repentance. And when we look at this prayer of Jonah, I was listening, I was reading something that um, John Piper wrote, which I found really very encouraging. He said, when it comes to Jonah's prayer, um, Jonah's prayer teaches us how God deals with his children in their in their place of trouble. You know, that God indeed at the end of the day shows mercy. Remember when we started this series, one of the things we talked about why does God show mercy? We say that it is God's character to show mercy. Because when we look at the word, the Bible tells us that the very first introduction of God to man is introduction to Moses. He said, listen, Moses, uh, Moses was pleading and saying, oh God, I want to know you. I want to do this. In Genesis chapter 33, Yes, no, sorry, Exodus chapter 33 and chapter 34. Guess what? God was like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to show you myself and show you my glory. And then God decided to show his glory to Moses. And guess what God said when he was showing his glory to Moses? Bible says that he put Moses and he passed by him. And when he passed by him, guess what God said? He proclaimed his name and he said, I'm the Lord, the Lord, merciful, compassionate. You know, I find that very, very interesting because when you meet people and the first thing they say about themselves, usually something you want to hold on to. God introduced himself as someone who shows mercy. And when the Bible continues to talk about God, the Bible says, listen, he's this person, he's someone who delights in mercy. I love it when Paul says he's the father of mercies. Oh gosh, I don't know how about you, but I love to read that again and again. It, it makes me encouraged in times of trouble. It makes me encouraged in times where I know that I have done wrong. I can come and say, you are the father of mercies. I can come and say, God, you know what? Your word declares that you delight to show mercy. In this particular situation, I need your mercy. I need your mercy. And so when we look at the prayer of Jonah, and we look at this chapter, we see here from what John Piper will say, we see that Jonah was saved from journey. And John Piper says, we see the mercy of God. Hallelujah. He didn't know we're doing this series. He said, God answers his children when they cry to him in distress. Listen, God is not there. You know, how many of us as parents, you know, our, our child, we hear our child's voice and perhaps they're in the naughty corner. They might be in the naughty corner and we just, and they're in another room and we just hear them suddenly scream. We don't go about asking, what have you done? The first, the first instant is we run down there to make sure that everything is okay. Even if they're playing a prank, we want to check that they are okay. We don't, we don't judge them and, and leave them in, in a state where they are asking for 
our mercy, we as human beings, you know what Jesus said, that if we being evil can give good things to our children, how much more God, God answers his children when they cry to him for mercy. So we should be encouraged to cry to him for mercy. And how then, and why does God answer us when we call to him in our distress one? God answers us in spite of our guilt. Hallelujah. In spite of what we have done. It, it's not about, oh, you've done, you've done so much. You know what you've done. You, you, you know, sometimes the, the enemy could put us in that state where we start to feel that we are beyond the mercy of God. But child of God, there is no one behind the beyond the mercy of God. There is nothing that we have done that is beyond the mercy of God. In short, I choose to announce to you that there is nothing that is new under the air. There is nothing. This is part of the devil's tricks when the devil says, to say to you, look at what you've done. You disgrace the body of Christ and you're just there. You're going over and over and over and over. I think sometimes we even get some relief. We want to punish ourselves by going down the guilty trip, by going down. You know, sometimes there was, there was a time that I, I think I did something and I was feeling really bad about it. I wasn't just feeling bad about it. It went on and on and I was feeling bad and going over and over in my head. After some time, I had to tell myself, are you trying to gain God's mercy? Are you trying to get a reason for God? to show mercy to you or are you trying to punish yourself you have asked god for forgiveness why can't you just receive forgiveness i tell you when it comes to the mercy of god it is freely given and what our response should be is to receive the mercy we can never work for the mercy of god child of god we need to realize that because look at jonah he's our prototype no he didn't work for the mercy of god look at what he did in the ship the, the sailors decided to throw him overboard because that's what he asked them to do and when he was thrown overboard the bible says that god prepared a fish to swallow him. That was the mercy of God. It was an act of the mercy of God. He didn't pray, oh God, please have mercy. No, 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 no. God went ahead. God delights in mercy, child of God. God wants to show us mercy. And we said that if we are his children, that should be our attitude. That should be our disposition. We should have a disposition of mercy. And we see here that God answers us in spite of his judgment. He did have some things that Jonah had done. God answers us. God answers us and he delivers us from impossible circumstances. Listen, what kind of prayer point do we want to use for Jonah? Where has he seen? Where has that happened before that somebody gets thrown into the sea? Where is it? Where are we going to start the prayer points from? If it was going to be a matter of how Jonah prayed was how God answered him. No, 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 no. Ahead of Jonah's prayer point, God rescued him. Ahead of Jonah's prayer point, God went ahead for him him but we say um we're looking at what um john piper says say god answers us in the nick of time just as he was being thrown away from the sea god sent a fish to rescue him and there are several times child of god that god has answered me also at the nick of time there are several times when the answer came and it was just at the nick of time it wasn't at the time i expected it to come but when it eventually did come it came at the nick of time it came right when i needed it it could never have come at a better time god answers us child of god in stages god answers us in stages i love that because sometimes we we have our own definition of how god should answer our prayers we want god to do it this way but sometimes you know that the rescue of God is just little by little by little. And over the years, we turn around and we see where we have come from. Over the years, we turn around and we see, look at how far God has brought me. Hallelujah. We turn around and we look at, look at how far God has brought me. God answers us in stages, not all of which are comfortable. Oh, I've got a weakness in the house. God answers us in stages, not all of which are comfortable. I remember a time praying and saying, oh God, please, I want you to bring... Um, a father figure to me in terms of my career. 
And I want to tell you that looking back now, it's just coming to me now that that was an answer to prayer. You know, I had to go to one job. I was in that job. It wasn't the greatest before I moved to another. But I'm looking back today and thinking, God answered that prayer. It came in stages. I didn't find myself in the right job at the very first job I got. But eventually I found myself in a, jo I found myself in a job that makes me think this is an answer to prayer. This is an answer to prayer. And it came in stages. Child of God, sometimes some of the answers to our prayers are going to come in stages. Sometimes what God, we're asking God to give us, God is going to answer us in stages. There's going to be a preparation stage where he prepares us for what we have been asking for. Glory to God in the highest. You see what I say? That sometimes some of these things are not in my notes and they just come by inspiration. Sometimes he answers us in stages. Sometimes he puts us in a preparation stage, a preparatory stage to develop some certain things and mindsets and attitudes. And sometimes he moves on to the next stage. He puts us in a waiting stage in the fact that by the time we get that thing that God is talking about, that we've been talking to God about, we are grateful. You know, we are able to go the long road because we have been prepared in stage and then and finally, next day we'll find out that we have the stage, you know, we have that, we are right in that stage where we have received what we have been asking God. And in all of this, we find our faith building up. In all of this, we find God lovingly working with us. God answers us. God answers us in order to gain our undivided loyalty. Because that's what we see at the end of the day. We see Jonah saying, oh, I will offer my vows to you. I will give you my vows. I will pay that which I vow to you. God answers us in our guilty distress to help us become merciful like him. I love that. I love that. That's one of the things we said when we started this series. We said that as God's children, if we look at the Beatitudes, one of the things Jesus said was that we should be merciful, even as our father is merciful. And uh, there was something that happened yesterday as I was working and um, there was also something that happened that just before, um, just before I I had a, 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 a first of all my first response in my heart in my mind oh why did this person do this and I just said first it is not this person's fault be merciful you know be merciful <laughs> interestingly that's what you're preaching on so you just have to be a partaker and God answers us God shows us mercy so that we can be merciful. I believe that as mercy, Jonah received this mercy of God, he, he, he things began to change in his life. We, it, it did not change fully as, as it were. It didn't change. Everything did not change. But a part of him began to see the mercy of God. And child of God, as we experience the mercy of God on a daily basis, it's a call for us to be merciful also to others. It's a call for us to show mercy. Yes, yes, sometimes people do things that are wrong, you know, and then we, we have to deal with some things. And sometimes we have to show tough love and i'm not saying that we should put ourselves in a situation of danger just because you know we are being merciful and i want to say that sometimes our response of mercy might be a shutting of the door closing some doors because of mercy because when we look at the word in psalm 106 you know that's something i love to read every time because I, I look at it and I see different response to mercy. I look at it and I say, wow, this was the mercy of God. Let's turn our Bibles to, to, to that place. Cause you know, sometimes it, it's just like um, when people talk about, um, how do I put it now? Sometimes it's just like when people talk about, oh, forgiveness. And you think that forgiveness means that every relationship to be restored to the way that the relationship has been before. No, 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 child of God, that's not how it ought to be. Sometimes when we forgive people, we have to keep the relationship sane and we have to keep the relationship safe. You know, keep the relationship safe. So let's look at um, what happened in the mercy of God. When the mercy of God 
came to some people. What happened? The mercy of God. As a result of the mercy of God, because we're talking about the mercy of God here today. We've been talking about this series about experiencing God's mercy, you know, and it's important for us when we begin to experience God's mercy to realize that mercy has many dimensions. There are many dimensions of the mercy of God. Many, many dimensions of the mercy of God. Let's look at it in Psalm 136, because Psalm 136 gives us a dimension of the mercy of God, what the mercy of God can bring. I think we're going to round up in that particular place. Let's look at the mercy of God, what the mercy of God can do for us. Um, let's turn to the King James Version. Yes, I'm sorry. We're going to have to use the King James Version because the King James Version right here tells me it goes in the way I want it to go because it tells me about mercy. Hallelujah. So let's look. Let's turn our Bible to the book of Psalms chapter 136. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. That's a character of mercy. The goodness of God is a character of mercy. And it says, give God thanks. Give, give thanks unto the God of God for his mercy endures forever. He's the God of mercy. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords for his mercy endures forever. What's that saying? It's telling us that mercy offers identity. Glory to God in the highest. The mercy offers identity. It's true mercy that we can identify things truly. You see here that the psalmist is talking about God. He's saying that this God is the God of God. He's saying that this God is the Lord of Lords and it is mercy. He says, who alone does great wonders? Mercy does wonders. Mercy does not just do wonders. It does great wonders. When we experience the mercy of God, we are aware out by his wonders you know what, what you see you see sometimes some things go up to us and we're like oh my god that has been god that must have been god that's the mercy of god he says to him that by wisdom made the heavens i tell you that mercy is able to exhibit wisdom wisdom is an expression of the mercy of god creativity <laughs> glory to god in the highest that's what tells us here is that by wisdom he made the heavens that is an expression of mercy you know when we receive wisdom from god to do things that's never been done before things that we have never done before child of god it's the mercy of god we are experiencing the mercy of god he says to him that stretched the earth above the waters it is the mercy of God. Because sometimes we, we fail to acknowledge as it were the wonder of the earth being above the waters. We fail to acknowledge as it were what it means in Genesis chapter 1 when God said, let all the waters move to one place. Let the waters be separated from the land. When God began to differentiate the earth and the water, when he began to differentiate earth and seas, when he began to make things to live in the earth and he made things to stay in the, in the, in the fish, in the sea, he made the fish to, to, to stay as it were in the sea. Child God, it's the mercy of God. When we come to our workplace, when we come to places where we need to differentiate, when we come to places where we need to do things we've not done before, or we see ourselves doing things that we have not done before, child of God, that wisdom, that ability is the mercy of God. Bible says to him that made great lights, glory to God. He says his mercy endures forever, the sun to rule by day and the moon, the stars and the moon to rule by night. What does that mean? The ability to power, the ability as it were to, will I say to prioritize, or the ability as it were to put things in the right place it's the mercy of god the act of discernment as it were the mercy to say listen it is different lights but these different lights have to come to different seasons the ability to recognize our season and what is happening there child of god is the mercy of god and i want to also see another dimension of mercy it says to him that smote egypt and their firstborn the fact that Pharaoh, <laughs> the fact that the, 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 the Bible tells us that, you know, I, I was reading that story recently and the Bible says that there was not one house in Egypt where somebody did not die. 
And the Samuel says that the slaying of the firstborn of the people in Egypt was an act of the mercy of God. And you know, sometimes it, it, it's easy for us to think that, oh, but that was something. No, 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 child of God. God could have destroyed every, all the Egyptians. After all, there was a battle that the Bible says that they woke up and 185,000 people had been killed. One of the battles that the, the Israelites were facing, that God sent his angel and in one night, 185,000 people were killed. God sent the angel of death in one night, every one person in a household. You know, sometimes when I think about that thing, I, I don't know how to express it. I, I don't know what it's going to be for. You, do you know what it is for? You just, you, you are crying in your house and suddenly you keep quiet and you hear that your neighbor is crying. Suddenly you hear that your other neighbor is crying. And, and then when you have the chance, as it were, to, to come out and, and see what's happening, you find out that everybody in your street is crying because somebody has died in every house. And the Bible says that was the mercy of God. He didn't kill everybody. So that's another dimension of mercy. <laughs> it's another dimension of mercy. And we're leaving it for God to do. I'm not saying we should go killing people or killing people with our prayers and thinking that that's mercy. No, 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 no. It's the mercy of God. The Bible says that, and he brought out Israel from among them. God had to do that. He had to use a stronger. Why? Because God is passionate about freedom. Hallelujah. And freedom is expensive. Freedom is costly. Freedom comes at a price. We've just celebrated Easter. That was freedom. And it came at the price of the, the precious blood of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Peter that we have not been redeemed by, you know, different corruptible things, but by the precious blood of the Lamb. The precious, precious blood of the Lamb. I thank God that in His mercy, He allowed His Son to die. That was mercy when Jesus was on the cross, when God turned His face from Him, when Jesus was like, My Father, my Father, why has thou forsaken me? It was the mercy of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm getting excited here. <laughs> I'm getting excited here. Let's go on with uh, Psalm 136 as we look at dimensions of God's mercy. The Bible says he brought them out of Israel. From He brought out Israel from among them. God had to do that. It was an act of mercy with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, the mercy of God. The Bible says that to him who divided the Red Sea into parts for his mercy endures forever. God could have caused them to float on top of the Red Sea and go to the other side. But the Bible says that he divided it into parts. There are sometimes, child of God, when God has had to divide the Red Sea and our past, where we have come to an impossible situation and God has allowed us to walk through it, it's the mercy of God. Because remember, child of God, God chooses how he's going to rescue us. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest. And because we have that understanding, we can be grateful. Because we have that understanding, we can say, God, if this is how you have decided to rescue me, I go by it. Glory to God in the highest. If this is how you have decided to rescue it, I go by it. He says to him who he divided the Red Sea into parts. He made Israel to pass in the midst of it. God made Israel to pass in the midst of the Red Sea. Why? His mercy endured forever. And we said that all that are dimensions of the mercy of God. They are all dimensions of the mercy of God. They are all dimensions of the mercy of God. Dimensions of the mercy of God. What else is it about the mercy of God? Bible says that he overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. Overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. It was an act of the mercy of God. It was an act of the mercy of God. 
it was an act of the mercy of God overthrowing Pharaoh in the Red Sea. So when we see sometimes as it were our enemies, quote and unquote, the Pharaohs, when we see them as it were being overthrown in the Red Sea, it's an act of the mercy of God. Because God could choose to have done anything to these people, anything to Pharaoh, but this was how God chose to overthrow him. But we say to him which led his people through the wilderness. God leading us through the wilderness. Have you been to a wilderness situation? A time when it looked like, you know, when you're in the wilderness, it's like, when is this ever going to end? When are we going to leave this, this dry place? But the Bible says that God leading us in that is an act of the mercy of God. You know, so it, it, it's interesting because when I look at this psalm, it tells me that in every situation, wherever I find myself, I can experience the mercy of God. The Bible says that to him who smote great kings for his mercy and the mercy of God can deal with kings. Kings in our hearts, it can overthrow kings, things that have become thrones. Glory to God in the highest. The mercy of God can overthrow them. And new famous kings, things that have affected a lot of people. People, it says, Sion, the king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan. Why? The Bible says it was the mercy of God. The Bible says, and he gave their land for an heritage. The mercy of God can position us to receive things. And heritage for the people uh, unto his servant Israel, to Israel his servant. It's interesting here because what well, uh, recently I've, I've been the several times I used to look at that Psalm, Psalm 44, verse 3. Oh, they got not the land, they got not the land by their uh, by their sword, but it was by his mercy, it was his right hand, it was by his favor. And you know, many times I used to when I read that, when I take that psalm. You know that psalm to begin to pray. I find that many times what what I'm what I I find myself emphasizing that oh it was by his favor and by his mercy and by his days. And recently I looked at it and I saw that actually the beginning of that verse says that it was not their sword that saved them. And I was like, wow, grace, they had a sword. Glory to God. They had a sword. They had a sword. So even when the Bible says that it was not by their sword that saved them, child of God, they had a sword with them. But the Bible tells us that concerning these people, that it was God that saved them. The Bible tells us that, yes, concerning these people, they fought the battle, but it was the hand of God that fought the, the battle for them. The mercy of God fights our battles. The mess who remembered us. In our low estate, have you ever been in a place where you thought, wow, what will happen to me? Who gives food to all flesh? The mercy of God is able to provide. The mercy of God brings provision. Glory to God. Evil provision for our physical need. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven for his mercy and joy's favor. And do you know what I tell myself in the place of gratitude? I tell myself, grace, your Psalm 136 grace's version and in that version i recount the things that god has done for me i recount the mercies of god and i want to encourage us child child of god you know listening to me today to recount god's mercy to make an habit of recounting the mercies of god to recount the fact that we woke up in the morning in our right mind we woke up in the morning with the intellectual ability to say this is morning and this is night <laughs> we woke up in our morning in our beds some people woke up and, and next week had taken place. Oh, the mercy of God. 
experiencing God's mercy. Right there in the belly of the fish, Jonah experienced God's mercy. We see that the prayer of Jonah was his palms of thanksgiving. It was a psalm that acknowledged where he was. It was a psalm that recounted the goodness of God. And child of God, if our faith is ever going to go strong, the Bible says that we must remember. Joshua told the people to remember. If we see over and over, the children of Israel were continuously encouraged to remember. There are times when they put up a stone and said, this is Ebenezer. So far has God helped. Or child of God, do you have an Ebenezer? Do you have, I was reading, doing my daily Bible reading. Um, that was yesterday or so, and I was, I, I was reading the book of Joshua. And I saw when the other half tribe of, um, what's that now? The half tribe of, what's that half tribe? The half tribe of, one of the half tribes really. And then the other two and the half tribes that stayed on the other side of Jordan. The Bible says that they went and they built an altar. You know, they didn't sacrifice anything. And then the other tribes came and said, are you trying to build, make an idol? Are you trying to turn your turn yourselves from coming up here to worship the Lord in his, in his own temple? And they said, no, we are building this altars and a memorial to remind our children that we have a part in the God of heaven. And I started asking myself as I was reading that, do you have a memorial? Is there something that reminds you of the goodness of God? Is there something that reminds you that you have a part in God, that God has a part in you, child of God, that you are endowed with mercy, that God's disposition towards you is mercy. Glory to God in the highest. I'm so grateful that God's disposition towards us as his children is mercy. The Bible says that he delights in mercy. And when the Bible calls him the father of mercy, he's the father of mercy. Jonah experienced the mercy of God. We see here, we've also looked at today here, Psalm 136, the dimensions of the mercy of God. The different things that the mercy of God can do, that the mercy of God can show us our identity. The mercy of God can confirm our identity. The mercy of God can cause us to be discerning. The mercy of God can help us to do things at the right time. The mercy of God brings creativity. The mercy of God can cause us to go through the storms, to go through the Red Sea. The mercy of God can bring deliverance in a way we have never or thought it could happen. That's the mercy of God. And in all of this, we should be able to acknowledge and say, God, thank you for your mercy. Till we come again, let's just bow down our heads today as we begin to speak to the Lord. Father, we thank you. Lord, we've come again and we've looked at the beauty of your word. We've come again and we've seen ourselves in your word like Jonah experiencing your mercy. We thank you because this your mercy is new every morning. Your word says that your steadfast love does not change. Your word says that every morning there is a manufacture of your mercies. And this morning again, we have woken up to a manufacture of new mercies. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the things that we're studying. Lord, help us to be merciful, even as you are merciful, and help us to experience the multi-dimension of your mercies. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.